Bringing you the latest research, tools, and common sense tips you need to get and stay healthy. It's Talk Healthy Today. Here's Lisa Davis. I've been health conscious for a very long time, and it has really paid off now that I am the big 5 woohoo! <laughs> and uh, <laughs> joining me is a gorgeous woman who it has also paid off for. She's gorgeous, smart, talented, moving. I just adore wow. her acting. Her name is Kate Walsh. I'm sure you've all heard of her, unless you've been living under a rock. And she joins us now. Hi, Kate. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Glad to talk to you. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Now, I understand that you turned 50 in 2018. I turned 50 last year, so I guess technically soon I'll be I'll be 51, which is blowing my mind. How has it been for you? It's been great. It actually turned, yeah, my birthday was in October 2017, so. Oh, cool. I, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been amazing. I love it. When did, uh, when was yours? Uh, August 30th. All right. Okay. Yeah. So, Yay. Um, yeah, it's been fabulous for me. I love birthdays. I do. I feel like I feel better and better. And, uh, I've been, I feel very lucky and blessed. And I, you know, I get to, uh, do what I love for a living. And, um, I just, you know, I feel like every year and every day I get a little more conscious, hopefully. And so, and part of that is, um, health oriented for sure. And, so I, I love what you said at the top that, you know, you've been taking good care of yourself and it's paying off at 50 and it really does. You know, I think that, I don't know about you, but I sort of took things for granted when I was younger. I just didn't really think about it as I think most people don't maybe, or unless you have to. And now we have so much great information about our little ecosystems and bodies and <laughs> health that it's like, how do you ignore it? You know, so it's kind of a great time to be uh, for aging, you know? Oh, gosh, it definitely is. It's really exciting. I mean, for me, I had a mother that took great care of herself, but still ended up with all kinds of autoimmune illnesses and died young. And so for me, I'm like, okay, when I was around 17, I finally was like, okay, I got to start, you know, taking health seriously. So I've been on this journey for a long time. But I think what's great is that even if you haven't been, it's never too late to start, right? That's correct. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's, um, for me, it's like I, you know, I had uh, a few years back, I was diagnosed with a uh, benign meningitis brain tumor, so I had brain surgery and that, but even before that, I mean, I, I guess because I've been an actor and, you know, so in some sense, I've always been health conscious because my body is my instrument. Of course, if you have a health care, then you become super, even more enlightened and educated. So for me, that was just that was just a great opportunity to um, find out more, find out about diet, about um, nutrition, about even more about exercise and changing what I do in that area. I've always been into meditation, or not always, but I have been for many years. So that's been, you know, a huge thing for me. Even after, you know, after brain surgery when I was recovering, I met with a nutritionist for the first time, which I had never done in my life. And, um, just to see about what I could do to make my, you know, recovery uh, swift. And that's where I kind of first got educated about, like really educated about protein and the necessity of it and the importance of it and good fat. The unsung hero. Isn't it? I mean, <laughs> you know. The Snackwells phenomenon. Remember that? Yeah. 
Yeah, it was just ridiculous. Yeah. Low fat this, low fat. Oh, you're eating 35 grams of sugar. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Exactly. And what else, whatever else in there. So, yeah, but that's where I first got turned on to protein shakes because, you know, it was really emphasized that good fats and protein is hugely, hugely important for my recovery from brain surgery, not only for my brain, but just for the whole, you know, kind of computer rebooting and, um, and muscle uh, mass and bone density and heart, all of it. Yeah. So, um, so that was where I really started incorporating that because the nature of my work too. Sometimes I'm working 12-hour days, sometimes 17-hour days, and wow. it's very easy to either miss a meal or skip or not just properly fuel the machine, if you will. So, um, so it was exciting for me this year to partner with Abbott when um, we started talking about working together. Because honestly, truly, I'm a girl who, or a woman who sends protein powders and mixes and things all over to different sets and, yeah. different, <laughs> and you know, and blenders and things. So to have something that was, but I was really excited about just bringing that consciousness into you know the zeitgeist and into the masses and and making it more accessible. Because even I mean, and I got very educated educated even more so in the area of protein and how much we actually need. Um, for our body weights and ages, and I was shocked to, to understand um, Abbott did a um, research uh, and with uh, Ohio State University and found that one in three people of the age of 50 plus do not get enough protein in their daily diet. One in three. Wow. Which is shocking. Yeah. It's a shocking statistic. Yeah, it really is. It's a standard American diet of so many highly refined grains and unhealthy fat and trans fat and yeah. not enough protein. And that's where the problem lies. Hi, this is Lisa. I'm having a great time with Kate Walsh. I'm such a big fan. We're going to be back in a moment. We're going to be talking about 13 Reasons Why, Seasons 1 and 2, and so much more. So be sure to stick around. In the meantime, I wanted to let you know that Talk Healthy Today is going to be taking a hiatus. I would highly encourage you to check out my other podcast, Clean Eating, Dirty Sex. Now, I don't want the name to scare you off. This show is about living a healthy lifestyle. It's very similar to Talk Healthy Today. We do talk about sexual health and the importance of sexual health and how eating a clean diet and exercise and emotional health and communication all make for a better life overall, not just in your bedroom. Also, the reason it's called Clean Eating Dirty Sex is it is a play on words. Sometimes I have to explain to people this, they don't really understand, and it really is. And I have a book coming out next January 2019 called Clean Eating Dirty Sex. It's part memoir. It is uh, 50 recipes, so it's part cookbook. It's part health guide, helping you make healthy changes. And that's the goal of the show as well, to really help you change I co-host the show with Chef Dr. Mike. He is a food shaman. He is an integrative cardiologist. He is incredible, and we bust a lot of myths on the show. Also with us is Randall Betger, who is an amazing engineer and has a wonderful perspective as a millennial. So you can go to cleaneatingdirtysex.com to find out where the show is. You can get it on iTunes. You can get it on SoundCloud. So definitely, if you feel like, ah, I really want more of Talk Healthy today, but with an extra twist and some very fun and knowledgeable co-hosts along with me, please 
subscribe to Clean Eating Dirty Sex. If you want to learn more, go to www.cleaneatingdirtysex.com. You know, Kate, I want to ask you a little bit, I want to talk a little bit about your amazing career. I was just enamored with 13 Reasons Why. I, I just thought it was so incredibly well done. And you were so raw. And how do you even get to that emotion? Thank you. And that was, was a really challenging role to play. And the beginning before season two is about to launch oh, tomorrow, I can't but wait. I and the, I I met with or I spoke with um, a psychiatrist, a family psychiatrist who deals with grief and and families who have lost children or loved ones to suicide, and spoke to her a great deal about how it affects parents and um, marriages, and um, then I was able to speak to some parents, and then this last and actually meet a mother who lost her son to, to suicide. But it was incredibly helpful to speak to them and hear their experience and to, to make it as authentic and as and honorable as I could because it's such a, a the unimaginable I oh, mean, for yes. anyone. And, and so to go there, I wanted to do honor to them, honestly, and, um, and, and, and not in any way romanticize it or shy away from it. So it was really important, and, and it was kind of a song and a prayer, and then really just being open. And, and you know, I, I have to say, I relied deeply on the support of our directors and, and Brian Yorkie, who, you know, ran the show, and the great writers, and um, the crew, everyone, everyone in the show, and my team partners, they all were sort of in it and leaned in for the right reasons, not like there's a wrong reason, but really I think there was a special place in everyone's psyche and heart to try to be, give voice to this conversation where there's so much shame around it still, around oh, yeah. suicide and talking about it. And I think, you know, as a lot of um, mental health care professionals have said that a lot of parents find it difficult to even talk to their children about it because they feel like they can't unless they have answers. You know, there's that tendency to want to fix it or to have, here's the solution or here's what we're going to do. And, and they don't want to engage in that conversation if there's not like a real, they can't fix it. You yeah. know? And, and the point is, is to just start talking. Well, you know, one of the things that I admire, I admired most about it is that you, 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 the painful moments were painful and, and that was, that was what was needed. I, I'm sure people have seen it. I want to give too much away, but there's just certain scenes where you're, you know, part of you is like, Oh God, pull the camera away already. And part of you is like, no, don't, because we need to flip and see this, you know, when she's being yeah. raped, for example, that lingers on yeah. her face and she, you can see like she's just gone and, and, and what happens at dissociation and no, well, here's the thing is nobody wants to look at painful stuff. Not really, but we have to, we're we're, 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 we're human, we're humans, we're yeah. animals, we're meant to survive. So you're like, no one intrinsically wants to look at that or talk about it or deal with it. And even when we say we do, we really don't. Exactly. Part of how we survive. We can only take so much. It's why, the camera, you see it, and she leaves her body. She's gone. Like, what What else What can you do? But this is real. It's, it's not, I mean, we were, the second season was really shocking because it was mirroring the scripts were already written, and then the Me Too movement happened, and all of this, you're like, what? This is really, um, it's in the zeitgeist. It was in, you know, the culture at large, and it was in our scripts. So it was very, very powerful and very, and more difficult, I'd say, season two because it was such a, Extern the world was is been so hard and and then the 
show was so hard. So it was really like, whoa, this is oppressive and, and, and unrelenting. You know, in season one, I was shooting Girls Trip concurrently, so I kind of had this respite and this, um, you know, escape and catharsis to go be silly and just do bits and make people laugh on set and then get back on a plane and go be, you know, the grieving mother of a girl who dies by suicide. So um, this year it was just more, it was more for my character to do and also just more intensive and more screen time, but also just more, I was there more and in it more. You know, it was harder to shake. Oh, harder I bet. I, I, I can't wait. I mean, I watched the preview. I watched the trailer. I encourage everyone to go to Netflix and watch the trailer, 13 Reasons Why, season two. I was just, again, captivated and at the edge of my seat. And I'm thinking, I don't know what my family's doing this weekend, but I sure as heck know what I'm doing. <laughs> They're not going to get me away Aww. from my computer. That's I don't so know. Nice. Like, no plans. The dogs are going to have to walk themselves. You know, know, it's just so incredible. You know, what's interesting is when you just mentioned that you had done something else that was light. Right after I watched 13 Reasons Why, I saw you in something and I am beyond embarrassed. I can't remember the name. And you were great. You played a vet and you had this like crazy hair and this great makeup. Oh and you God. were What was Reality that? High. That was another movie for Netflix, Reality High. Reality it like, High. It could, been, yeah, it could have been more antithetical. It's more like the John Hughes sort of genre. It was really of fun. <laughs> And yeah, I had a, I had so much fun doing that. That yeah, we shot that the summer. Jeez, but I, I shoot, yeah, there were like eight things that were shooting at the same oh time. My gosh. That was one of them. So that was really fun and sweet, and um, and that I, I think they were really pleased with how that turned out as well. I you really know, and I will it. say that one thing I'll say about season two, and if I could encourage if anybody's listening, parents and their kids to watch the show together because one of the big messages and one of the strengths and one of the reasons why uh, Brian Yorkie and Tom McCarthy, when they approached me about playing Olivia Baker, it was like one of my questions was, well, why are you going to have the parents, are the parents really going to be involved just, you know, as an actor? I'm like, is this, or is this just going to be sort of superfluous or secondary or ancillary or it could be just an insulated high school movie, you know, or show. And they said their their intention and Brian's intention was to really include it's a, to show how mental health, how assault, how gender bias, racism, homophobia, all of it, how it affects and the rippling effects. It's not just the microcosm of high school, but the rippling effects of the community and the social fabric uh, in the macro. And they really, I think, in season two, you really see the rippling, rippling effects of what's transpired and even more, you know, than we, than we first knew in season one, but also how the parents, how it affects the parents, how it affects the school, how it affects the community, how it affects people's business, their home life, their, how they move on, how they move through it. And then ultimately it's just, it's very redemptive and there's, there's, I think, a healing and great hope in this season. So it's the ability of Brian and the writer's beautiful ability to sort of look into the darkness and the ugliness of our social fabric, but then also find healing and solution and and recovery, I think. And, and you know, no one was really prepared for the response, uh, the massive response of season one. And this year there's a lot more infrastructure, too, around the show with Netflix and Paramount and um, websites to go to support cast members talking before and after. We did a whole thing called the After Show, 
oh, where we yeah, talk to audiences great. and mental health care professionals. So there's a lot more infrastructure around it, and um, and that is also progress. And and so I, I really encourage parents to participate in this show and watch it because the kids are going to watch it whether yes. they. <laughs> they're just going to so it would be great and I think it's a beautiful opportunity you know similar to the way that I know a lot of women watch Grey's with their kids or their husbands or families you know what I mean and oh, definitely. It, it's, it's a great way to have conversations and and uh check in oh I think so too I, I I'm so excited for it. you know Kate I'm just curious when did you first know you wanted to be an actor when I was a kid wow when I was really little like probably first grade that's so cool. Um, I would watch. I would watch old movies with my mom. We'd watch like the million dollar movie. This <laughs> was like you know, like the old black and white movies, and I loved it. I was like, oh my gosh, it was so beautiful, and you know, it's such a different, obviously a different time. And I was sort of in love with every dead movie story, <laughs> you know, like, where's Gary Cooper now? Um, where's, you know, Tyrone Power, where are you? Yeah. Um, and, and then the women, too, the roles were so fabulous. Joan Crawford, Carol Lombard, um, you know, Betty Davis, uh, I, I, Greta Garbo, they were just these fascinating women and these complex roles. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. And, uh, so, and then I started doing theater. I did school plays and all that and community theater. And then just kept going. And, uh, you know, eventually moved. I tried to be practical in college. And <laughs> I eventually <laughs> dropped out and went to, to pursue acting and did theater training in Chicago and London. And, and then got my equity card in Chicago. And then, yeah, it was onward and upward from there in film and television. And still plays. And so, yeah. You've had an incredible career. You've done Thank you. so That's many so amazing things. You. Yeah. I mean, it just from Drew Carey, where you played a love interest. and Yeah. That was my first kind of commercial gig, really. My first sitcom. Yeah. Oh, wow. What's it like yeah. going from, like you mentioned, you know, drama to comedy to uh, something in between dramedy, <laughs> you know, to... I love it. Yeah, I bet. I love it. I love both. I've always loved both. And at first, in certain times in my life, I felt like, oh, right, should I just stick to one? Because, you know, comedy was, I love, I love both. I, when I was in Chicago, I did straight theater, and then I did, um, you know, the Annoyance Theater and Improv Olympic and Second City, and I was always um, involved with, like, doing the monologues with, like, ASCAP for UCB. And I, I, so I've always loved comedy, but I love, I love dark, dark pathos, too. Both of those things exist within me. So to be able to do both has been really fabulous and it's a blessing. But, you know, there's certain... You can get pigeonholed or you or, or the comedy community can be very tight-knit and closed, too. So there's certain times where I'm like, shoot, should I just stuck with this or that? But I, I feel really lucky to be able to do all of it. Oh, that's fantastic. You know, you mentioned the Me Too movement earlier, and I'm not going to poke around too much, but I'm just curious, is that something that you saw happening? And again, it was just sort of like no one was talking about it or it was talked about, but not really like put out there the way it is now. And thank goodness it's out there. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's really funny. I mean, not funny. Um, it's so odd because yeah. I was so subsumed with the show and, and doing it. And so it was more shot of like, yeah, I mean, the I it's. It's, I think it's incredible, and I think it's sort of analogous to the show in the sense of, or, you know, mirrors. Like, any conversation is good conversation. 
and and any consciousness i this is my personal opinion is good and so i think people telling their stories i think people um shining a light on you know rampant abuse and it's always a good thing to uh to heal and i think it's a very complex long um evolution and 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 i hope to see change and i i i'm really glad and and proud of all the women that are speaking up and coming forward and i know it takes a long time to change old systems so i think that this is the time we see it everywhere happening and you know oh definitely uh, yeah it's very exciting and i feel for me i've been very lucky and empowered and um i'm certainly i mean when i heard me too i'm like me too since time began yeah <laughs> me too since we're born yeah basically <laughs> so and not to denigrate or minimize it but I'm like me too well yes of course me too and so i think that for so many women or i can speak for myself and go oh i was so socialized or used to dealing with in a way that but i also was very fortunate in that i the people that I've worked with, and and I, I was talking with a friend of mine. I'm like, by the time I guess I got to Hollywood, I, I don't know if I just had an invisible sign above my head that like was like, don't even think about it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I yes. Think just being a female on the planet, I've I've understood at a very young age the vulnerability and the and the and the um, danger. Yes. Of being, you know, um, so. So yeah, so I think that again, anytime, and and it's and I and I love, I guess the movement. What really speaks to me too is just the idea of uh, not just Hollywood, obviously, or but Wall Street and um, you know Middle America and you know fast food restaurants or anywhere where anyone's being taken advantage because of their gender or sexual orientation or race or what have you. Is you know to hopefully shine a light on that and have accountability. You know. Oh, I completely agree. On the upcoming season two of 13 Reasons Why, from the trailer, I got the sense that it, it was more focusing on, like, sexual assault. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. It is. And it's sort so of, important. Um, yeah, it's huge. And that's where we're like, what is happening? Which came from, because we were literally dealing with that and writing, and Brian and the writers had sort of, were writing all about that and in regards to the show, and then the Me Too movement happened. It was like, oh, Okay. But, um, yeah. Well, we need to teach our kids young, boys and girls. I mean, people don't want yeah. to talk about stuff, but you have to. No, we have to. And it's, it's changing the culture because this is where, you know, it's such a tricky time. I have a lot of compassion, too, for parents and even in educators and people are like, what do we do? We can't have kids watch this show. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's really hard. It's when developmentally when kids start to individuate, it's, you know, and it's because of the Internet. It's um, exacerbated and magnified to such a degree that I didn't even understand until I started doing the show what what bullying has become. Oh, it's such a you nightmare. Know? But it's like, you know, for lack of a better metaphor, the Internet, we sort of gave the Internet to the world. It's like giving a loaded gun to someone saying, don't, don't hurt anybody, exactly. you know? And yeah. there's no instruction manual. And kids, it's, it's relentless and... You know, so when I went to school, it was, you know, if there was bullying, it ended at 3 o'clock. You can go home and get a break from it. And this is nonstop, you know. This is nonstop with the Internet. And so it's important to have conversations, and even if we don't have the answers. And 
and it is tricky because it is the time where kids want to are supposed to individuate and become more private and become more you know separate from their parents and and they're you know developing sexually and often emotionally and psychologically there's so much that's transpiring but it's happening you know it, it's also happening younger and younger that they're becoming little adults and so you know, and after season one, a woman came up to me at the airport and slipped me a little note. I was on the phone, and she said, thank you so much for doing this show. I watched it with my daughter, and um, I went up and talked to her after I was off the phone, and she told me, you know, her daughter went to school back east in New York, and they didn't really discuss any mental health in their curriculum until they were juniors in high school. And um, that's too late. It's too late. You know, we can see. So it's just, you know, it's, it's hard to catch up. But I think that other than, you know, being, you know, hopefully, you know, entertaining a show that is gripping and compelling to watch, um, that it hopefully will help change the culture. Oh, I definitely think so. Kate, you are so kind to spend so much time here on Insure Health. I really appreciate it. Tell us all the ways we can learn more about Insure Max Protein from Abbott. Oh, you're so kind. Yeah, I go go to insure.com, and you can find out everything uh, you want to know about protein and how much. The important thing is too is that, as I'm sure you know, but some people don't know, is to know how much you need for your body weight, and then how much more you need if you're working out, which you know you should be after you know all of us. But uh, but knowing and then also understanding that you need to eat protein from the time you wake up in the morning to your last meal of the day. Because I think a lot of us think, oh, I'm winning. I got to protein at lunch because I don't really, I'm not hungry when I wake up. I don't want a big breakfast of protein. So I think it's just, there's so much to be educated about. But it's also easy. And I think that this is why I really like Insuremax protein is that it's a great supplement. Because I think it's hard for all of us to get three solid. And even if we're doing three solid meals a day and snacks, it's just hard to get the necessary. We need more protein as we age. We just do. That's the bottom line. Yes. And it's hard to get. It's mm-hmm. hard to get. Yeah. You need If you're 150 pounds, you need 55 grams of protein before you work out. And, it, and one egg has six grams of protein. So that's, you can see how challenging it can be to meet those needs. So <laughs> so there you have it, m'lady. Insure.com. You can go and, yeah, I thank you for your time and, and care. Do you have a site or anything that you'd like to promote as well, Kate? Oh, I'm at, let's see, I have a Facebook page, I don't even know what it is, <laughs> but I'm, I'm on Instagram at Kate Walsh, oh, and I'm, oh, and I'm, I'm relaunching my little fragrance called Boyfriend gonna, and Your Boyfriend.com, that's coming out. I was going to um, ask you I'm about really that. Excited. Yeah, yeah, it's really exciting, we've just um, did a pre-sale and relaunch of that for, uh, it was a big seller, and it was a brand that I started on my own and self-funded Wonderful. And 10 years ago, and we just brought it back, and um, by popular demand, so that's really exciting. You are fabulous, absolutely fabulous, and I am just, like I said, I'm, I, I will be watching all weekend, and I will be crying, and I will be mad, and I will be just everything. I just oh, love the show, God. and I am all about talking with our kids, watching with our kids. And I couldn't get my 13 year old to watch it because she's, she's super, super sensitive. And she just, she heard, she's like, I just, I, mom, I just can't. And I was like, oh, but then she'd catch me watching sit next to me for a few minutes. She's like, no, I can't watch this. I'm like, okay, honey, that's fine. But then we'll talk about what came up without her having to see it. (laughs) 
Yeah, but that's also good, too. It's like, what a great thing that she, what a beautiful thing that she understands that about herself. Do you know what I mean? That she's like, this is too much. Like, I get it. I'm that way. I'm like, I can't watch, you know, there's just too much. uh, So I understand it. That's part of the culture of so much information in the nonstop Internet. There's so much happening all the time that it's like, it it gets oppressive and it's, it's, exhausting and overwhelming you know we're not i don't think we're built for that (laughs) we humans exactly well kate anytime let's do it again great Uh, yes